0: Greetings, Earthers, Martians, Belters, members of the OPA. Welcome to episode 22 of Expanse, the unofficial podcast. I'm your host, Lex Starwalker.
1: And I'm your host, Nikki Starwalker.
0: And today we are back, uh, fighting the flu, slowly winning, I think, Uh, here to talk about the episode Godspeed.
1: Oh, wow. When you said that, I almost coughed. Whew.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think this is an a ironic title for this episode, which which I think we'll get into later. As we tend to do on this show, we're just going to kind of chronologically go through the episode. We might skip around a little bit just because, you know, the way the scenes are, they go back and forth. And, and sometimes it's better just to kind of discuss one arc and right. then go to the, discuss the A story, then discuss the B story kind of thing. Right. And, uh, you know, in, in the, for the sake of time, we may not d- discuss every single scene. We, we're gonna hit the highlights and talk about what we thought about this episode. And, you know, things are definitely ramp ramping up here in season two. Definitely gaining momentum a lot faster than we did in season one. Yes. I, I feel like season one was a giant prelude. <laughs> don't you?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I know we don't talk much about the books on the show, but I will say that they're kind of b- b- blazing through the pages right now. Um, we're kind of jumping through the book a lot faster in season two than we did in season one, and I like that.
0: Yeah, and I think at this point we're still in the first book, so okay. you know they're, they're they're taking their time overall. But I, I definitely agree. If you were looking at how many pages they're covering per episode, it, it definitely seems to be speeding up. So we we start out this week with Fred Johnson sending a message to Avasarala in response to her uh last week asking him for help and and you know admitting that you know all of the the negative propaganda she was spreading about him being behind all this how it was all lies and and asking for his help saying you know if you have any cards to play this is the time mm-hmm. and so Fred responds by sending her coordinates to one of the stealth ships that we've been seeing so much of uh, floating abandoned in space.
1: Yeah. And Avasarela responds to this by um, wanting her spy, Kotyar, to push it somewhere where someone will find it, because right now it's hidden. And I love the scene because he kind of looks at her like, but then somebody might see it. And she just looks at him like, duh. That's the point.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, so they figure out that the ship is connected to Protogen and Protogen is connected to Jules Pierre Mao. So they're, they're finally starting to put these pieces together. And a thinks that, that this has something to do with why Mars wanted Phoebe station destroyed. So, you know, she's kind of pulling a hold in here in a way and and putting a ship out where it'll be found, so that we can start to get this information out in the open, and and people can start to know what's going on. Yeah, start showing our hand a little bit.
1: Yep, that's right. And for her, to me, this is a different approach. Um, she's now, like you said, pulling a Holden yeah. <laughs> and changing how she how she approaches the problem and getting it in front of more people.
0: Although I'd say there's a big difference in the way that Avassarala pulls a Holden. And the way that Holden pulls a Holden <laughs> in that Vassarala actually is thinking ahead <laughs> of the consequences and, and what those are going to be and how she's going to deal with them. Where Holden's more like, this is what I think I should do and I'm doing it. Yep. <laughs> consequences be damned.
1: <laughs> he jumps in blindly. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Feet first or head first. <laughs> Next, we we go to a meeting uh, between Fred and Holden and Naomi and Miller, and this was a really fun scene. I, I really enjoyed this scene where they explain Miller's crazy plan to use the Navu to basically ram Eros and send it into the sun. Because the problem they were struggling with in the last episode is they know there's, there's all this bad shit on Eros, and they know they don't want anybody to get a hold of it. And they also don't want anybody to be exposed to it and spread it around the system. But Eros is kind of too big to just blow up with a bunch of missiles or something. So, so they're wondering how to deal with it. And, and, you know, we find out that the whole reason Holden or Holden, the whole reason Miller took his field trip to the Mormon temple was to learn more about the Nauvoo because he's thinking, Hey, the Nauvoo is really big. It has a lot of mass. It has a lot of thrust. <laughs> it could probably do the job. And, um, not surprisingly Naomi and, and especially, uh, Holden are not wanting to be in the same room with Miller or not wanting to have an adult conversation with them. But, uh, Miller or really, I, I think Fred gets them to listen to Miller and Miller kind of lays out his plan and it might just be crazy enough to work. <laughs> so next we we have a a scene where you know the, this stealth ship has now been discovered. It, it's out in the open. We have the scene with Vaserala and Aaron Wright kind of questioning Mao, and and I think finally we start to see Avasarala start to take a stand, and mm-hmm. and you can see that Aaron Wright's a little surprised that she's oh, yeah. kind of going after Mao as aggressively as she is. And um, later in the episode, we we have a discussion, as we call it, Nikki, the breakup discussion between <laughs> Aaron Wright and Mao, where Mao's all got his you know panties in a bunch because you know Aaron Wright didn't call his dog off, you know a vasarala going after him, and uh, they kind of get into it and and kind of you know. Harsh words are said, and <laughs> tears are shed, and, and I, I, think they're, I think they're breaking up, guys. Hearts
1: are broken. <laughs> Hearts are broken, yeah. But I really like this scene because it begins very differently than it ends. Yes. And the atmosphere in the room completely changes. Yes. You can feel it uh, across the screen. And I love it because at the beginning of the episode, no one understands just how much avasarala knows yeah aaron wright has no idea that she is playing him and he thinks he's playing her right and getting the best deal out of it uh with his relationship with mao and mao has no idea i don't think he knows much about avasarala as far as you know what she knows about right. the situation so he's taken completely by surprise like you said and so just what happens in that scene, I, I relish it. And I think it's probably my favorite from this episode.
0: I love watching Aaron Wright's cocky, confident, you know, I'm in control of everybody and everything around me face that, that we've gotten so used to in this show slowly shift into his oh shit face <laughs> through this scene. And and then later during the breakup, you know, I thought it was really cool that Mao has totally figured out that Avasarala knows what's going on and she's coming after him, and and Aaron Wright still doesn't see it or mm-hmm. doesn't want to see it, right? You know, and you know, finally Mao's like, you know what, I I you know, I'm not going to prom with you anymore, Aaron Wright. <laughs> you know, it's over.
1: You can return the dress. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I'm I'm not going with you. It's over. So now now we have the. <laughs> The uh people at Tyco, um, Fred and, and and his minions, Fred and Drummond and their minions, or Drummond, Drummer and their minions, because Drummer is definitely not a minion. She's she's oh no, um head of the minions with Fred. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they are getting the Mormons off of the Navu uh using the excuse of a radiation leak. And and you see the kind of the head Mormon, Mormon, head honcho guy that Miller was talking to in the last episode like he's not buying it, you know, he, he, he's smelling a dead fish, you know, he's mm-hmm. like, something isn't right here. And he actually grabs Miller and he's like, you know, I thought you believed in what we we're doing. And, um, there's this great, uh, line where he said something about, you know, I thought you believed in God's plan or something. And Miller's like, this is God's plan. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> It's like, God's plan is whatever you want it to be, right? I mean, <laughs> that's sorry. how this works. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Just so great to see Miller kind of turn it around on him. It's like, hey, I, I can use that line too. <laughs> that was awesome. So then we go to to Miller um, getting ready for, for his, his spacewalk, his first spacewalk. And Fred gives him his gun back. Yes. So that's pretty symbolic.
1: Oh, yeah, it was... It was passing the trust. Yeah. And then Naomi ends up confronting Miller, I think because she wants to figure out exactly what he's thinking. And um, she asks him if he's doing all of this for Mao, or for Julie Mao, I should be specific.
0: Right, right.
1: (laughs) And um, I just, I don't know, this scene was uh, interesting to me because Naomi kind of, I think, processes how Miller's feeling and um, Miller reminds Naomi that they hid some of the proto molecule in this scene and that, you know, this is her responsibility. This is kind of on her shoulders.
0: Yep. Yep. And, you know, it, it's cool because I don't think we really talked about it, but earlier we had a scene um, with Naomi and Holden where she was kind of defending Miller, you know, because Holden gets on his, you know, his self righteous high horse. And, and gets all like, you know, off his meds and, and freaking out and, and wanting to like rip Miller a new one. <laughs> and, you know, Naomi kind of said what we said, you know, weeks ago before these episodes even came out about how, you know, Dresden was making way too much sense. And, you know, Miller did what he had to do. He did what had to be done, you know, and, and Naomi gets that. You know, and I don't think Holden does. And, and she's trying to, like, get through that thick skull of his, um, <laughs> what's going on. And I, I think eventually Naomi learns how to get through Holden's thick skull, but it's going to take a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, but right now it seems like Naomi and Miller have an understanding.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think, and, and, you know, the, that was kind of cool because, you know, if if I hadn't read the books and if I had to guess before things shook out, I would have guessed that if anybody was going to understand what Miller did and be cool with it, it would have been Amos. Mm -hmm. And Amos actually is more backing Holden's play because he figures, well, you know, I can't really tell right from wrong anyway. And, you know, Holden's kind of a self-righteous brick. So, you know, if anybody knows what's right and wrong, it's probably him. So (laughs) he says, you got to go. You probably need to go, you know, (laughs) and it's Naomi, who's, you know, let's face it, the brain's on the ship, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. she's easily the smartest person on the Rosie. She's the one that like gets it and understands why Miller did what he did and understands that the consequences of him not doing that could have been way worse than anything that, that they're dealing with now.
1: And a certain part of me has to wonder if she isn't a little biased because they're both both belters.
0: Could be. So every week we usually talk about what's what's our favorite scene in the episode, and this brings us to my favorite scene in this episode, hands down, and that is the launch of the Nauvoo. I thought this was really cool. I really love the visual effects in this show. Um, you know, we talked about way back in season one about how you know we really like the the more mechanical. Aspects, for instance, you know, when, it, when a ship docks with another ship or a station, it's not some magical, you know, computer generated tractor beam, you know, that, that brings it in. It's a it's a robotic arm and, and it just seems cooler and, and more realistic. And, you know, this is another great example of, of this. You know, we, we see this just ridiculously huge ship being you know released from from all of the the structures that are kind of holding it to Tycho station and all the scaffolding coming away and then we see i don't know how many of these little tugboat drone things yeah that come out to like move it out i mean it must have been hundreds it seemed like and it was really cool they reminded me of schooling fish the way that they moved Together and and you know, I really got the sense of, you know, these are these are robots. These aren't piloted ships. They're computer controlled, and they're all controlled and they're all working together like like a school of fish swimming together. And the way that they all moved together and all attached to the Nauvoo and and moved it away from Tycho and oriented it for its trajectory and everything. It was just just a super cool scene. And then the Nauvoo ignites its main engines and it was just awesome. I just loved it. I I think I could watch that just over and over.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we were treated to to some great special effects in this episode.
0: Yeah, and and I know, you know, I've heard people from the show or, or read people from the show saying how, you know, the show isn't about the technology. It isn't about the ships. It's about the humans and the stories and all that narcissistic, human centric crap. but <laughs> I disagree. I think it is about the technology and the ships. at least that's what I watch it for. You know, I, I could see drama anywhere, right? Yep. I, I can watch a soap opera if I if I want drama, but the expanse is the only place where I can see this huge generational ship um, moved into position by all these robotic tugs and <laughs> and take off on it on its journey to collide with an asteroid. That's inhabited by some ununderstandable alien something. <laughs> you only get that in the expanse. That's right. You don't get that in the young and restless. <laughs> or at least I don't think you do. If you do, I'm gonna start watching it. <laughs> so now we go to the crew on the Rossi, and they are tagging along with the Navu, and they have this plan of. Miller, or Miller, yeah, Miller and Diogo and the others are going to spacewalk over to Eros, and they're going to place bombs to blow up the docking area, so that even before it gets to the sun, no one can land there and and get into it. And so as as they're kind of nearing Eros and kind of checking things out, Alex spots another ship docked with Eros. You know, and this is a bad thing. Oh, yeah. And this ship is called the Marasmus. And so they send a drone to go check it out, which is another thing I really love about this show, the the use of the drones. Mm-hmm. And there's another thing that you don't see enough of in sci-fi, com- considering how things would will probably work in the future and how much we will use drones and robotic technology it's amazing how little of that you see in a lot of sci-fi. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I just love the drones on DeRossi. They're so cool. I, I love it every time they, they bring one of those out. So so Alex sends one of these drones to, to check out the Mirasmus.
1: And I found it interesting that they were able to break the locks on the door, assuming there were locks, and actually get into the ship with the drone.
0: Yeah. And then the people on board, you know, club the crap out of the drone, which made me sad. <laughs> yeah, um, which leads to you know them having a conversation with these people over radio or or whatever they're using. And these people are con- claiming to be doctors, and they came here to help the survivors. And they say that that they haven't been on the station because you know the people on the Rossi are really concerned. That, you know, have these guys been exposed? Have they been contaminated? So they tell them basically to get the hell out of here. <laughs> and, and at this point, they're posing as Martian Navy because they're in a Martian Navy ship. So they're, they're acting like they're representing the Martian Navy and they're telling them, you know, this area is quarantined and you need the GTFO. Mm hmm. We've got some, some nice conversation on Eros with Miller and Diogo. I love these guys. I love these guys together. Yeah. It's great stuff. Comes out, poor Diogo. We're pretty sure he's never been laid. At least that's what Miller thinks. Aww. So, um, you know, we've got to hook Diogo up, guys. <laughs> you know, last season it was Save Diogo. This c- season it's, how, how would we say it?
1: Help Diogo join the Mile High Club? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I think they're more than a mile high.
1: This is true.
0: Help Diogo get some nookie? I I don't know. I I don't know a good... Someone will come up with a good slogan for that. Good hashtag. There you go. (laughs) Hashtag get Diogo laid. Yeah, it just doesn't... Yeah, it's not not elegant enough. No. (laughs) Need something better.
1: But I did enjoy the fact that Miller is trying to warn Diogo and says, you know, the OPA, you can't put all of your faith in them, right, and just expect that everything they do is going to be golden, right? You know, you have to, I guess, think for yourself is what he's really trying to tell Diogo. Yeah, and Diogo does not seem to be getting it.
0: <laughs> well, I suspect that that Miller sees Diogo as as reminding him of himself when he was that age, and, mm-hmm. and Diogo is young, he's naive, you know, and and like many, most, all young naive people, he tends to trust. Uh, people too much, especially quote authority figures like the OPA and and just take things at face value and and believe what he's told. And Miller's kind of, you know, the more jaded experienced, wiser man. And he's trying to kind of give him the the benefit of his experience and be like, you know, you got to think for yourself, kid, and you can't just trust people. And you know you're kind of a tool, you know, and you don't want to be a tool. Like it's not going to end well. Right. It never ends well for tools. You know, you got to be your be your own man. That's right. Yeah. So back on the Rossi, things are are getting more tense. As um, well, for one, the the Merasmus isn't isn't leaving, or, mm-hmm. or well, they start leaving, and then it comes out that well, it looks like maybe they did go on board Eros. Because Holden finds an airlock that's been tampered with and he gets inside, and there's a body in there. And, you know, I think Naomi asks him if there's a name of a ship on the flight suit. And guess what? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) It's the Marasmus. That's right. I think we all saw this coming. Yep. (laughs) And so now that the Marasmus is leaving, but it's like, well, the chances are good they've been exposed. We can't let them leave. Holden's trying to get him to come back. He's like, "We'll figure something out. We'll help you guys out." And they're just booking it. And and you know they're they're in a situation where they're going around Eros. And right now, you know, Alex is jamming their transmissions from Nerosi so that they can't call out to the rest of the system and and tell them what's going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And. They don't have a lot of time because once they get around the other side of arrows, they can't jam them anymore once they lose line of sight. And so, you know, in true television fashion, they've got 10 seconds to do (laughs) something and we're going to wait till the last second. That's right. And Holden finally shoots a missile at him. You know, you know what I think every time this happens on a show? What? He waits till the last second. Like, what if the missile jammed or there was a misfire? (laughs) Right. They would have been screwed. Yep. <laughs> In real life, that's what would have happened. Like if you would have la- waited the last second to finally decide what you're going to do, like something would have happened. You know that missile was a dud, or you know <laughs> there's some kind of glitch, and boom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> In TV world, there's no other option. It's A or B. <laughs>
0: it reminds me of Galaxy Quest mm-hmm. when the timer stops at like point oh one seconds or whatever, and doesn't blow up because. <laughs> You know, that's how timers work on TV. (laughs) Remember that? That was Now I want to go watch Galaxy Quest again. (laughs) So they blow up the Marasmus, which was pretty cool. And, you know, yet again, you know, we find out in The Expanse that explosions in space can be dangerous things as debris and shrapnel goes flying everywhere. And so this shrapnel goes flying, um, punctures Miller's suit, We have a bit of drama there, but before he's able to to patch it, but even more bad, uh, damages the, the last bomb Mm -hmm. that they've got to where the thing's wanting to go off now. And he has to like push a button on the control every once in a while, or it starts counting down from a minute. Right. And it's like, someone has to stay here with the bomb so that it can go off at the right time. And you know, at first, Diogo's the one that has the bomb, but but Miller takes it from him and is like, you know, kid, get out of here. Go get laid. I'll <laughs> babysit the bomb.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, it fits Diogo's character that he didn't even argue. He's just like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think he just knew that that Miller had made up his mind, you know? Yeah. That- like, like, there was this moment where they kind of shared a look and I think Diogo kind of wait, kind of sized him up and was like, I'm not going to change his mind, you know, mm-hmm. might as well be graceful <laughs> and maybe, you know, go get late. <laughs> maybe with one of those beautiful women he's got pictures of all over his his quarters over there on Tycho. <laughs> he, he likes those athletic women, man. Rock on, Diogo. He's got good taste. Obviously not his girlfriend, so. Not yet. Or maybe they're Mormons. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Part of it for me was Diogo thinking to himself, well, he's an old man. I'm young. I've got the rest of my life. So (laughs) see ya.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's what Miller was thinking. So yeah. And and that I think Miller kind of has a bit of a death wish because of Julie. Right. Like he, he feels like he failed her and Almost like, like he deserves it kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And so. so now he's going on these space space missions that he hates. Yeah. Hates being out in space, but he sees it as uh, the greatest risk he can take to his life.
0: And and maybe, you know, making up for it, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make up for, for failing Julie. Yeah. So, you know, Miller talks to the people on Rossi, tells them what's going on. And, you know, seems like the Navu is going to slam into... Eros, and knock it into the sun. Miller's going to blow up with all the bombs as, as they take out the uh, the docks and everything. And then something really surprising happens. What happened, Nikki? Tell oh, us.
1: Oh, this was great. And I hope that everybody watching got a chill when this <laughs> happened, because the Navu is racing towards Eros, and it seems like at the last second, it goes over its target. And completely misses it. And so Miller's freaking out and wondering how they could have missed. And the fact is that Eros moved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're thinking, you know, did they miscalculate the trajectory of the Navu? Did something happen with the Navu? And yeah, it's like it wasn't the Navu. Eros actually moved. Which <laughs> seems impossible. That's right. And and that's kind of our, you know, what they call the button, the the little um cliffhanger that we end the episode on Mm -hmm. is is realizing that there's something even stranger going on than than we realized yep and and now what's miller gonna do he's got this (laughs) this bomb that wants to go off and the navu didn't hit arrows what's he gonna do we'll find out next week (laughs) (laughs) so nikki i already gave my my favorite scene of the episode the the launch of the navu what was your favorite scene
1: Ooh, that was a very good scene. I think I would have to go with the very end just because of how much um, importance uh, was packed into that scene. The fact that Eros moved means something is thinking. Something is acting upon uh, the stimulus around it. So something within Eros is alive and can make decisions. And that just thrilled me to no end in that episode. So that was my favorite.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh um there's a lot more I'd like to say but but we're going to have to wait till next episode um cuz I don't want to spoil anything and uh we're going to have a lot to talk about next episode. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, that's a big one.
0: You know, last week in in uh when we were talking about Static, I was saying that I felt like more happened in that episode than in the first two episodes put together. And and I feel like this this episode coming up next uh is the same same deal. A lot happens in, in one episode. Yep. So yeah, so that uh wraps up our discussion of Godspeed. And you know, as I said, I, I think it's kind of an ironic title because they stole the Mormon's generational ship that was supposed to take them uh to to some star system where where they think they're going to find a earth-like planet that they're going to be able to settle mm-hmm. and uh they stole it and used it to instead try to save humanity you know which i think is more important than whatever the mormons are trying to do personally <laughs> i th- i think if we have to save a part of humanity let's let's save the billions in the system and not this handful of mormons that are um Probably, you know, probably Miller did them a huge favor because they were just going to all die anyway, horribly <laughs> out in the vacuum of space somewhere. So, so now they don't have that to worry about.
1: I do think Miller was thinking that.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe. But, you know, I mean, the Navu didn't hit Eros. Right. So, you know.
1: It's still intact.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe the Mormons will get it back. I I could say I don't know, but I do. But I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> All right, so so that that's going to wrap it up for us this week. And uh, we're going to try to get the, the next episode out before our new episode comes out later this week and and get back on schedule, um, barring any more plagues coming our way, hopefully. Ugh. And uh, yeah, public service announcement. If you're sick, stay home. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got sick because we went to the grocery store because some moron had to go out when they were sick instead of staying home and had to go infect everybody so get your flu shots and stay home when you're sick people so yeah so we'll be back uh soon hopefully with another episode and until then conserve your oxygen and your water resources are scarce out in the outer solar system
1: invincible me
0: flip and burn baby
1: donkey balls
0: doors and corners kids